What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, July 7th, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Father Zoe, a.k.a. We're Not Trading, Jose Abreu Zoe. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. Quick shout out to the best third place team in Chicago right now. The Cubs, <laughs> winners of four series in a row, five of the last six. We're coming, baby, for like 10th pick and draft. Fair. The Reverend K. Fids. Oh, I'm sorry. I was I was I was watching from the 108. Uh, they're 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 apparently podcasting on a Wednesday night. So I was um, I was scouting it. it. I got it on Kevin, I got it on subtitles. Kevin, Kevin. Wait, I got it on subtitles. Imitation is the highest form of flattery. This is true, but I got it on subtitles, and so really the subtitles keep just saying nom 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 nom. I don't know what that is, but, hmm. but you won't get those fat, kind of fat, stuff fat, fat, here. Fat. We enunciate our words. <laughs> so when Joe, Zoe has to pronounce the last name. Yes. And, of course, almost got his first tardy slipped. The new guy, Mitch Kaminsky. What's up, Mitch? Almost, but didn't. And you know what they say. When Mitch is late, the more they want to wait. So. Ooh. Oh. He's yeah, said, he has said that before. He's used that. At a, has that worked before for you, Mitch? Absolutely not. They just okay, call me good. a jackass. All right, thank you. Well, good, because if you use that, the woman's most likely to not be late later. <laughs> if you use that line, because it's... Never mind. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. It flowed. It's got to be your bull. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Usually now I do a whole bullet point intro of stuff that we would like to talk about, but we don't eventually get to. So we're going to just skip over that. And tonight's episode, we actually have a title and a theme. Tonight's episode off of the Always Sunny in Philadelphia theme is The Gang Fixes the White Sox. This became the title after me and Fids exchanged about 50 messages at 8 in the morning. Shout out to Aldo and Mitch who were probably just like, what the fuck are these assholes doing? Um, I saw your discuss- first one and then I took a, I took my dog out for a walk and I came back and yeah, there was like 50 missed messages. Yeah. Um, I was just seeing you guys not read it and then all of a sudden I saw both of your little icons go to the bottom and I'm like, yeah, they're like, yeah, there you go. The gang fixes the White Sox. So this episode, we will eventually get to Cubs talk, but... The White Sox are obviously struggling. All right, they had a nice win on Wednesday. Um, we will talk about that. There is some positives, but there's a lot of things that we think we would do if we were the ones pulling the levers. So, with that being said, the gang fixes the White Sox. Let's tap this guy. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantees or the whole league that we here now. New show with a new move. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for. Yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you're waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you're waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season. Get our 
As always, this show is brought to you by SportsMockery, SportsMockery.com. Make sure you download the app. Turn on push notifications. Make sure you definitely turn on. I think we have alerts, too, now. You can put on for Mitch Kaminsky, and you can read all of his White Sox readings and all the one he feels like writing about the Cubs. When for me, fun. when you just an Amber when Alert. Fun. Yeah, and just when – well, Fids, we got milk cartons for those for you, bud. Um, <laughs> yeah, but SportsMockery, SportsMockery.com. Download the app. Turn on the push notifications. So I just want to get this out of the way. Wednesday's game is great, but Mitch, as you alluded to in your, I thought was a very good article about the sweep of the Giants, fool's goal in my opinion. Everybody's riding high right now, like, look at that. They scored this many runs and they're back. and They need to win at least like three more games in a row for me to even start to get excited again. And with Detroit coming to town, you would be like, oh, yeah, layup. But the White Sox apparently suck things at home. <laughs> I didn't want to say. It was very nice. Yes. Yeah. They're like Mitch Trubisky. They suck titties at home. <laughs> <clears throat> and um, so it, nothing's a layup with this team. So uh, the other thing I want to address before we do this deeper dive, please get in the comment sections. Josh. I don't know what's up, man. I know you, you're dead slapped on uh, them being sellers, but uh, everybody else get in the comment section. Uh, I know you're probably over there hanging out with the uncles, but if you're here, we love you, and please get involved. But the first thing I want to get out there, because I know some people were tweeting it as a troll, and the troll worked because it got people really hot and bothered. Um, the White Sox aren't going to trade Jose Abreu. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> You were so nervous right there, Mitch. You thought you didn't know which way I was going with that. But, yeah, the the White Sox are not trading Jose Abreu. They're not. Jose Abreu is the guy that literally walked into Jerry Ryan's source office as the legend goes and said, I'm not leaving. Give me another contract. I'm not leaving. Jose Abreu is part of my plan to fix the White Sox. We're not trading him, though, although. So. No, no, no. He's, I'm saying to fix the White Sox, player manager. I'm in. 100% in. Sold. But – yeah, I don't know. I get why people are saying this, and I've seen people's rationale like, oh, they deserve to trade him to a contender, and like, oh, the man has rode the ride this long, this proverbial ride that everybody likes to fucking harp on. He ain't getting off now. There's still so much talent on this team. That's what makes this team frustrating, is there's an abundance of talent on this team. This is arguably probably one of the most talented White Sox teams we've ever seen. And they just can't put it together, and I think I know why. But yeah, we're it's not kind of like, kind of like how Bears fans don't want to know what a really what a good quarterback looks like, and how Cub fans, up until you know a couple of years ago, didn't know what a really good third baseman looked like, other than one from the sixties. Uh, White Sox fans have not seen this influx of raw natural talent. White Sox fans have not seen this before. I don't think that the White Sox have had a more talented roster in a long, long time. Talented. Now, I'm not saying. They're fundamentally sound. Obviously, we'll talk about that in a minute. But this is this is this is a chock full talent. Well, I got some breaking moves for you guys. Okay, breaking moves. Um, the MLB via uh, Fids is BFF for life. James Fox. Uh, the MLB <laughs> futures game will take place on Saturday, July sixteenth, in Los Angeles. Cuban outfielder Oscar Colas will be off FaceTime and representing the White Sox. And twenty-year-old infielder Pete Crow Armstrong. Colson Montgomery. Colson, Colin Montgomery. Colson Colin, Montgomery. Colin Montgomery. Did I call him Colin? 
No, White Sox like, scoreboard can't spell his fucking name right. The worst, and they, I think they spelled their farm team's name incorrectly as well, if I'm not mistaken. There's been a lot of guests. I mean, at the, at shout the out for me for not being the one that made that wrong, but um, yeah. Oh, so that joke that I made in there, you didn't even get that joke, did you? No, I didn't. In the DM. <laughs> oh! <laughs> right over there. Oh. No. I yeah, probably I didn't even realize it, to be honest with you. <laughs> but uh, Montgomery and Colas will be representing the White Sox, I believe, Pete Crow Armstrong, and do the Cubs have two? Uh, I think uh, I think it's just Pete Crow Armstrong. Hold on. Futures game. I know that Pete Crow – I know the, the – the, it's just Pete Crow Armstrong. Um, damn. Schwarber just hit another home – he has another two home – he's three for three with two home runs, dude. The Cubs yeah, so farm system good. that is so loaded for the future has one guy playing on the uh, futures game. So, and I feel like the futures game has really taken off from what it used to be. Oh, it's great. The, the first, the first one that I really remember, like that's like, is when Hunter Green was pitching in the futures game and he was hitting trip digits and everyone was freaking out. And then, uh, what's his face, Adolfo, I believe it was Maker? for the White Sox. Shut up! I didn't say his first name on purpose. Uh, Adolfo came up for the White Sox, representing the White Sox, and he took a 102 mile an hour fastball and put it eight miles deep. Like he just smoked it. He's and still the future right fielder for but the that's Sox. Why, right? That's why everybody was like, "Yeah, Adolfo, here he well, comes." He, he's my, still your future right fielder. He might be. Who my futures know? experience, my first futures experience, literally was the futures game at Guaranteed Rate Field uh, when a guy that I knew went home that afternoon, evening, night, whatever you call it, with uh, uh, Jessica Biel. <clears throat> so. That was a, a good day for uh, Dave Krenzel, center fielder prospect for the Milwaukee Brewers. Are you breaking Dave news, Kevin? Shout out Dave no, 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 no. They were, they were actually pictures of them. <laughs> they were actual, like, tabloid pictures of them together. So, like, I'm not. Shout out Dave Krenzel. Dave Krenzel, let's get it. He, tore, he pulled a butt muscle. To make, he made a really great play, actually, and then pulled a, hurt himself. Almost ended his, pretty much ended his career. On, uh, he was writing. Uh, he pulled up Jason Williams. Did Jessica Alba pull his butt muscle? Wow, she wasn't there. Jessica Beal. Beal. Oh, Beal. Beal. Yeah, either one. Alba. I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, can't really go wrong there. No. Uh, Mitch, you need to quiet down. Um, <laughs> he's still thinking about Jessica Beal and uh, yeah. butt muscles. Well, he's still thinking about that opening line, and if it'll work on <laughs> Jessica Beal. Uh, I think it yeah, would. Yeah, but that, that's a said. It's kind of dope that the White Sox have two representatives. I mean, maybe this will make Oscar a little happier. For those of you, though, that don't know what I'm referring to, he threw a little, little Instagram tantrum. About a week ago, he took off all the White Sox stuff. He did a live. He said he's tired of being treated like a slave and all this other crap. And I don't know. I'm getting word that he's not exactly the greatest teammate in the world down there, but they're coaching him up. And I guess they had a big heart-to-heart, and he hopefully had this big come-to-Jesus moment and realized that, you know, this is it. This is his shot. This is what he's been working for. And um so far since the ship has been somewhat righted. So you guys, can I interrupt you real quick and share something with you? Sure. I'm I am extremely ah, go nervous. ahead, Kevin. Let's see where this goes. I'm extremely nervous. Always excited when Kevin brings something Oh, we got a screen share going. Uh, this is for our uh podcast this night. Let's forward. Oh, it hits the top of the uh it hits the top of the uh, I mean, what are the odds? That's got to be like 
one in a gajillion. Actually, wait, pause that. This could be a great transition because you know what's the old saying? You know, you, you see, you can see something new that you, or you can go to the bar, ballpark and see something you've never seen ever before. And that happened this week with the White Sox. Yes, yes, it did. Yes, that's what wow. That? What a transit. What wow. That was a Hall of Fame transition right there. Although, so I'll paint the picture. The first ever. Um, Adam Eagle on second. You on my cut on first. You pull up to bat. No outs. Uh, playing a division rival in what some would call a must win game. You know, a huge divisional series for the White Sox before the All Star break. Um, were they chasing one or was it tied at that point? Tied at that point. It was tied at that point. Yeah, it was tied at that point. So had the pitcher on the rope. Big ducks on the pond. Um, Pollock hits a fucking rocket to right center that probably eight out of 10 MLB center fielders don't get to, but Byron Bucks is a freak and he gets over and he makes a nice kind of like football S type catch at the wall, like literally at the wall. Um, nothing, nothing crazy about that. The, um, the interesting part is uh, Adam Engel and you know, kind of both decided fuck tagging up and ran. Like he didn't catch the ball. They just, they, they ran. So Buxton got the ball in and to the surprise of literally every human being on earth, uh, the pitcher for the twins was like pointing at second, like this stupid motherfucker didn't tag pointing, yelling. They throw it a second and or wait, they tagged angle and they threw it a third. They he threw the third first. Moncada slipped on the brakes, but he slipped. Yeah. They tagged him. Yeah. yeah that was a second. So it was the first ever, or since baseball statistics have been recorded, uh, triple play that way. First eight to five, center fielder to third baseman, triple play. <laughs> yep. Um, so we got that going for us. I was, you know, when you get so mad or frustrated, you just start laughing. Oh, yeah. That's that's where I was. Like I just, I, it was unbelievable. Continues to play into the myth of uh, the base running issues in baseball. If you watch this team at all this year, you, you're not even surprised. It was, that's it, Mitch. I wasn't even that surprised. I didn't even be angry. It was like this is so this team. Like I, yeah. Who are the what are the first off? What are the base coaches doing? I don't know yes. how you missed that. My, We're gonna get into that in just a second, Mitch. Yeah, Moncada just barreled with his head down, and like Angle, if you watch the replay, was kind of watching the ball, and then he sees Moncada barreling in at him, so he doesn't want to get past, so he takes off. It, it was just undisciplined all the way around. Like, that's stuff they teach you in Little League Baseball. I, I, it's all the way around. Colossal failure. No, no situational awareness. The, the base coaches have their heads up their ass. I That was... <laughs> I gotta think, too, though, like, so, from the angle... From the, the angle that Angle had like he only could see buxton's back right so he couldn't see the catch because the catch was made at his chest mancata had the better viewpoint <clears throat> so adam probably saw mancata running at him like oh fuck this guy must have saw that he dropped the ball because i couldn't see shit Dad, you're, you're what a normal baseball player does when they can't see the baseball in the outfield they pick yeah. up their fucking base coach well that too that's your that's your that's your eyes if you and can't i think, I think after time. the game Angle said that he so saw bad. Buxton, uh, like Buxton looked towards the wall. So he thought because he looked away from the ball that, oh, the ball must have dropped. So that's why he decided to run. Yes. I think that's what he said after the game. So he didn't see McEwen with two hands. Just Nope. 
So Please, I guess this is this is when we could start how we're gonna fix the White Sox because yeah, I am not a huge advocate of costing any human their job. Like this is a livelihood. At the end of the day, there's still people. This is how they make money and provide for their families. I mean, obviously they've been well compensated their whole career, but still, you know, I'm not that guy. That being said, I'm firing Frank Menachino right away. <laughs> just gone see you later man this team is insanely talented top to bottom with guys they were all brought in here to mash this white Sox team was projected to have one of the best offensive in baseball right now they're in the basement and when something like that happens whatever the reason the scapegoat's going to be the hitting coach and i know it took them like eight years too long to fire greg walker but I'm looking at the first person I'm looking at right now is Menchino. Like, smiley later, dude. Thank you for what you did. Has this he been there since this, 20 or was did he take over? This falls on you. I think 20 because I've been. And their home at, run totals have gone down every year. Every year. In a hitter friendly park with a lineup that should mash in theory. Like, they got yeah. guys at least that should be hitting 20 plus home runs. And they're in 25th right now in the MLB. Maybe 26 now. I think they may have dropped one in the MLB in home runs. I do know a hitting coach that's um, currently not employed. That oh, you really? uh, Chili Davis. <laughs> you guys want Chili Davis? No, I'm not trying to go backwards, homie. Like, this Sorry, is, it's, it's just, I don't know. Bring up terrible memories. Or a, or a Mets joke. I can't tell which. He's been fired from both in the last couple of years. So, But it's just, it's so frustrating watching this team and just, horrible at bats man just horrible absolutely horrible the white Sox are fifth in major league baseball as a team with a 256 batting average they're doing what he wants yeah well, what was remember, that stupid ass quote he said frank, frank said fuck the home run i'd rather <laughs> you hit 300 right now the white Sox are fourth from the bottom in the league in home uh... runs um I mean, we say it all the time. I know that's people... just not the game anymore, dude. Exactly. It's not the game people fucking not the fall in love with the myth of small ball, and they always say, "Oh, look at 05. And that's all. The White Sox hit more than two hundred home not runs game, that no. year. Uh, if you look at every year for the past like two decades, if you are a World Series contending team, at the end of the year, you're going to be like one of the top teams of like well, hitting home runs. You know but... who the top three teams in the league are? Sorry, Mitch. Oh yeah, I was gonna say the who the team that led the league in home runs last year, Atlanta Braves. Yep. yep. Here's my thing: is why does it have to be all or nothing? It doesn't have to be Joey Gallo versus yeah. Magical. No, see, that's the thing. That. It's not that we're not talking about that. We're no, no, no that's what I'm saying that. though. Like it, the the Minichitos, the the mistake that he makes is he's trying right. to make everybody a magical, and you 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 can't have a lineup of all magicals either. You can't have a contact lineup. No. You need dudes that are gonna go. And this is again, I can talk about Patrick Wisdom now. I, I'm really I'm gonna eat shit on that one because I, I am turning a leaf there, but the, the, you can't, you need to have a couple contact guys, back control guys for the certain situational hitting moments, but you need the boppers, dude. The boppers should be your two, your three, your four, your five. You might need a seven. That's more of a back control guy. Eight's a guy that can swing, hit a ball out of the ballpark or strike out. And you got a nine guy that can put the ball in play again. You know, you need guys at the top ends that either find a way on or put the ball in play. Those guys don't need to be power guys. But then once you get that 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 high OPS needs to be your two three four five for sure six I think as well seven more contact again eight high OPS a lot of strikeouts not going to roll in double plays turn the lineup over and let your contact guy you know close out and be a second leadoff guy in that nine hole that that but you can't do it all the way across the board you can't 
expect a bunch of dudes that are three outcome guys to hit 300. They've been doing this their entire time as athletes. It's not, you're, you're trying to fix something that's not broken. And he's, you know, he, that, that approach breaks. And the White Sox, they don't even have the excuse anymore. Like back in April, you know, where everybody was freaking out and like justifiably so because like the numbers were way down like across the league. You know, the home run numbers were way down. It got warmer. Like, yeah, it got warmer. That You know, we have a bigger sample size now and like they've, you know, try to fix whatever the procedure was for the humidor temperatures and how they're rubbing up the baseballs, whatever. But if you just look at the that stat after Tuesday's game, and I think on Wednesday, like I think the difference is still the same since they hit the same amount of home runs, I think. But the White Sox have been out home run by like 30 at home. Like it was like 53 to 22 or something like that uh, heading into Wednesday's game. It's like they don't, they don't even have that excuse anymore. It's like, oh, the, it's too cold in Chicago or the ball's not carrying. These other teams have no problems hitting the ball over the right. fence at guaranteed rate field. So the Yankees, Yankees, the Braves, the Astros are one, two, and three in the league in home run. Pretty good teams. There you go. Pretty good teams. Followed by yeah. the Brewers, who the Cubs just took care of, the Blue Jays, the Phillies. The only bad team in this top 10, there's two bad teams in the top 10 for home runs. The Rangers are number seven, and the Angels are number 10. I mean, I think the Rangers have the same record as the White Sox. Well, it's not like the White Sox. I would consider a good team. If the White Sox are <laughs> in the top 10, I could say another bad team. Yeah, they're just uh, – yeah. The, yeah. oh, who's the other team? The, but look at the on-base percentage of, of all. Look at the teams that are now in the top ten as well. What is what are the teams that have high on-base percentage? I I bet you you're going to find that the Angels and the Rangers on-base percentage is lower at large compared to the, the rest Rangers. Of the is the Rangers are at two ninety eight, but like the Yankees are number one at three twenty one. With an, right, that's what I'm saying. So uh, like yeah. the power guys are not only just power guys; they're getting on base as well. Right. And that's what we they're need. So teams. back to the theme of the show, Frank. You're yeah. gone. Bye. Yep. Stepping in my office, you're fucking fired. And Jose, you just hit the 10th home run. Of the First player to hit 10 home runs for the White Sox on July 4th. It's unbelievable. It's unacceptable. And when they hit home runs, they win. Like they, they have a winning percentage over 700 this year when they hit multiple home runs in a game. So, like, that's just that's how you win. Because we see much hitting's terrible, you know. And how do you how do you avoid that? Hit the ball out of the ballpark. So while we're lopping heads too, uh, coaching staff heads um, into the into the bucket. Uh, can we send uh, Joe McEwen, Chuck, Joe McEwen, into the dog shit pile? Gone. The White Sox, the base running mistakes that we were just talking about. Wave him all the way to O'Hare. Yep. Had more dudes, <laughs> right? Hello, Joe. More dudes. Keep going, get, Joe. Come on. Get on two ninety four, bro. See you later. Coming. He's like he's like yeah he's like the the guy the, the teenage ticket taker at a fucking carnival. Just come on, because he just he's waving everybody around. He's got the most guys punched at the plate of any coach. In the you know any third base coach in the game right now, the, but but more so is there and this also falls on on anybody that's coaching either corner. The communication is terrible, and yes, players are stupid sometimes, and they run it looking at their damn shoelaces. It happens, but a third base coach or any base coach really first base coach too because you can't guys picked off. You have to over communicate, and these it feels like McEwing is not. You need some basically he needs to go for somebody that's more communicative, and if if need be more demonstrative, meaning whatever he's doing over there, it's not working. Get someone that's going to go over the new fucking jumping jacks for all I care. That's going to get somebody's attention to not break on a ball. They shouldn't be. There's no reason Eaton should never have reached third. Now, if Eaton's looking at his shoelaces, guess what? Third base coach, yell their ass off, yell at them, communicate. I mean, it's not that loud at a major league stadium where you hear yell someone yelling from 
somewhere between 40 to 45 feet away and you don't hear them. Like it's not that loud. And if, if it is that loud, you know, shame on you in the first place for not seeing a ball on glove. And cause you're going to score if that ball's down on the ground anyway. Like, gets the majority of the heat and deservedly so because third base coach you're going to, but it's not like Daryl Boston's been very good at first base either. We've had Anderson picked off multiple times. The Danny Mendick incident, he deserves a lot of blame for that. Mm-hmm. Even the one, the eight, five triple play. He's got to be there telling him to hold up because he has a perfect view of where Buxton is tracking that ball down. So, I mean, when you have such a low baseball, a base running IQ, you need communicate, you need coaches that communicate more than a coach does. You need them to be over communicative. The White Sox have shown that they're pretty bad in the head on the bases, base paths. So, whoever it is has to be someone there that's going to teach them the game in the game while the game's going, which kind of sucks. But you want to not get guys punched. You've got to be like, get your ass over here now. Like, they need to get start, start getting mean. Stop being nice. So, Joe McEwen, I'm sending to O'Hare. Daryl Boston, though, from my understanding, has a very, very good relationship with a lot of these players, like on a different plane. So, maybe you. Just, no, I don't think Debo wants to be a third base coach. I don't think he's got like the energy for it. He's a very like monotone, like, but maybe you give him another position within the organization to keep him in the clubhouse or something, but, um, they need new base coaches. I mean, Miguel, just, yeah. Miguel uh, Cairo is demoted to first base coach. Switch him up. I actually anyway. wouldn't be mad about it. Um, it's serious question though here, because we've seen a lot of mental errors throughout the year. Lot. It becomes tough. We all know Tony's not going to get fired, but like in nope. Tony's 2011 team at the Cardinals, did you see this happen? I think a lot of it's just a lack of energy. No one's held accountable, and it roll trickles down from the top because like there's way too many mental mistakes. And if his Cardinals teams, I guarantee this doesn't happen because he had a lot more energy and he'd be chewing, chewing some ass, be eating some butts. So, thank you for that, Mitch. Because now we get to the big boss, and I know Fidge, you're not really going to agree with me here. But you got to hear me out. They're not going to fire Tony. I think everybody knows that. Everybody knows that by now. Poison hit. They're not going (laughs) to. You just, you put like a trail of like shots into like, into a Uh, Yeah. Um, Straight into Lake Michigan. Sure, at his age, just a couple extra, you know, Kit Kats. Probably do the trick. And like a DVD box set of uh, MacGyver. Or like Matlock. Keep showing him the triple play and he'll have like a brain in your That's why he got himself ejected. He needed a stiff drink after watching that. Was, <laughs> that was the funniest ejection. He like walked out there and like pointed at the ump and was just like, throw me the fuck out. Just throw, yeah. throw me out. <laughs> throw me out. Burger King's over there. All right, yeah, I'm lunch yeah, over yeah. here. Yeah. I'm going this way. He's like, what? Steve, 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 yeah. throw, throw me out, Steve. Throw me out. Steve, Steve, I'm going to act like I'm yelling at you, but you're really, I'm just saying, throw me out. Throw me I out. got dinner. I got dinner. The didn't even like get fired up. The young just looked at him and like shook his head and was like, "Get the fuck." Yeah, he's just like, "Ah, it's just all just, right." Yeah. Fucking, it's like, <laughs> "Sorry, Grandpa, go home." Um, so he's not gonna get fired though, because Kraus has this whole thing. I'm not firing again. Whatever. I think we've all come to terms with that. But I think as an organization, it, whether it be Han or Kenny Williams or Big Boss Jerry himself, somebody needs to sit down with Tony and be like, "Tony, is this really?" going how you think it's going to go? Is this really how you want to go out? Is this how you want a whole generation of people to remember you? Because unfortunately, there's a lot of people watching these Sox games that don't remember how great Tony was. This is the only Tony they know. 
I mean, that's the other thing. It's the a tarnish, Sox fans he's tarnished. Watching, it's like Jordan with the Wizards. He's fucking like Sox up fans. Sox fans who are watching, they don't give a shit that he won the three World Series ring. Zero, you didn't do it with the Sox. They don't give a I respect shit. it. I respect it. Yeah, but you don't care don't that they, he won with the Cardinals. Don't give a fuck. Respect the shit out of it. I That man has forgotten more about baseball each, than I'll ever know. I get yeah. that. But the reason why I'm saying it's time to maybe find something else is kind of to Mitch's point. I don't think Tony has it in him anymore to go into that locker room and be that guy to give the fuck you speech or like the, you know, like, let's go boys. Like, I don't think he pre and post game. I'm not in the locker room. I have no idea. Could be completely wrong. He could be in there doing fucking cartwheels for all I know. But from what I see on TV and, and when I go to the game, like what I see is a very lifeless team in the dugout. Like not having fun, very lifeless. And Fids, you've said a bunch of times, a lot of people say teams take on the personality of their manager. And I don't think it's Tony's fault. I don't think he's doing it on purpose. I think he's just at the 18th hole of the back nine. Like I think it's just – he's Yeah, he's just not – he doesn't have the piss and vinegar anymore. And – to me, this team is built as a young, fun, high-energy team. They're playing their best when – where the fuck did the home run chain go? They're playing their best when they got the home run chain, when they got all this other shit going on, when, you know, Jose's building huts in the dugout, and when, you know, like, you look at teams like the Boston Celtics, they got the home run cart, you know, like – there's all types of crazy shit around the league when guys hit home runs. Granted, the White Sox fucking have hit 62 home runs. They, there's not a lot of shit. To yeah, do. They, they lost the home run chain. Right. Like, it's extinct. It's just, it's just not there. And I don't think Tony's the guy to bring it there. Like, Tony doesn't want a fucking home run chain. I, at least I don't think. Again, like, I mean, uh, honestly, even besides like the fun stuff and just like the, the team chemistry between just the people in the dugout, the players themselves. I mean, Mitch said it's the accountability. And Tony DeRusa, all year long, he keeps saying like, "Oh, well, you know, I, I'm the guy who's going to keep him accountable. Accountability starts with me." But we keep seeing the same mistakes over and over again. So, like, where's the accountability? Perfect example. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say what you say is, and Alton, here's the problem with that. You know, he's being almost overly. It's probably why they fucking love him in the clubhouse. He, he's actively out there. in, in moments where he should be, you're right, Mitch. You, all, you guys are 100 right. I'm already at this. Like, if I was, I'm again. I just put my own. If if this is my team at this point, dude, I, you remember how how many times have I told you, dude needs to sit for like two days? I wanted to bench guys for stuff that wasn't even their fault. Oh because you just remember how many times in our chat where I'm like, dude needs to sit for a few days and see it from the bench, and you guys were like, that's well, it. Literally wasn't his fault. I'm like, at this point, I don't give a shit. Someone needs to get their head chopped off, and this someone needs to be made example of. And it's you. You, you want to try and do it with the right guy that can take it, but somebody's gonna have to wear one. When this shit happens, there is no reason why either either base runner the other night, the triple play, those both those dudes should not have, have set foot on the baseball diamond again that night after that. If there's accountability. And yes, you don't want to like scare your guys and make them play like they're on eggshells. That's not eggshell, eggshells. Anybody looking at that knows that's fucking stupid. And so you should get punished for stupidity sometimes. And in this case, lock in, get your focus back or you're next. And that's what has to happen with this. And is it Tony? I don't know, but I do think that he he basically he 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 lets them off the hook, and, and that's that's why they love him because they're not wearing it. He is. He it's an always it's Tony's fault when they're not playing well, 
And so they're 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 absolved of all their non-hustle and their dumb brain farts that that cost the team far worse than a manager can because he's not jumping around doing jumping jacks and giving motivational speeches from Remember the Titans. Well, perfect example of that. And this has really been bothering me the past like couple weeks. Tim Anderson. I love Tim Anderson. We all love Tim Anderson. And I think the fact that Tony's relationship with him is really good. But everyone says Tim calls him best friend. That's great. But you can tell there is no accountability there. He, in the past couple of weeks, he's gotten picked off at first base twice. He uh, struck out to end the game, dropped third strike, did not run to first, which really pissed me off in a game that you, you could have won. The, the tying run at the plate, at least make the effort to run to first. Are you going to get there? Probably not. And then today he fields a ground ball, ending ending double play, and tags the guy with the ball, like ball in his hand. It's a, it's a lot of mental mistakes, and they are never held accountable for any of it. It's a lot of sloppiness, and so I, at some point you gotta you gotta hold guys accountable. So I also, I defend him on that, please. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But to your point though, Fids, and I, I guess Larusa keeps saying this is on me, this falls on me. That's fine, and I do think that's why guys you know, like him more in the clubhouse, but at what point are you too comfortable under that security blanket? Like, oh, I fucked up, but it's cool because Tony's going to jump on this grenade for me. Ozzie Gian chewed out people in public all the time. They'd meet They still play. Different different generation, though. I'm going to tell you right now, it's a different generation. I can't do that as a high school coach either. You, you, you are, I have a friend that coached at UNLV that a kid ran, didn't run out of a ball to third and dogged it down the line, was thrown out. And then threw his helmet halfway down the right field line, and Vince went over there and ate the kids' lunch immediately because Vince doesn't stand for BS. And the former, thank goodness, because she's terrible. But Denise Reed Francois, the former athletic director for UNLV, not only was he suspended as a coach, he was forced to take anger man- um, anger resolution classes because how he che- he didn't even, and, and when I say chewed him out, he just went out there and said you pre- you know called him a prima donna. Let's go pick up your helmet, you know, like did what nothing bad, like really nothing bad. But he, because of him publicly berating him, he was reprimanded for publicly berating an athlete in front of fans. That's and different, that's, though. Isn't that college? Uh, yeah, it's Division One college, though. It's yeah. high level. I, mean, I know, but still, college kids getting their feelings and coaches get in trouble for that shit. I mean, I unless you play for Tennessee or uh, LSU. Um, more breaking moves. Um, 42. Montgomery is now at 42 games in a row of getting on base. He just beat out an infield single shortstop, didn't have to play. 42 games in a row for this kid. Just tearing it up, man. I'm happy for him. Great prospect and all. I'm glad he's tearing it up. But Hope I'm, you can play second base. I'm watching. Like, Step two, trade TA, call up Colson Montgomery. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, I know I was joking about uh, the White Sox uh, offense being better with Danny Mendick, and uh, obviously I was being sarcastic. But ever since Tim Anderson's come back, like, besides the mental errors on the base paths and that, uh, he looks terrible at the plate. He's hitting. He's hitting two oh six. I think looks, he's thirteen for sixty three. He looks so checked out, and he's not. I know he's not. Tim Anderson's not the type. But like his, and that this all comes back to Frank. Like, why the fuck does one through nine on the White Sox team? <laughs> Swing at low and away breaking balls. Everything, dude. Like he swing most, at everything. It's the most like haphazard swings, though. It's just like, meh. like it's it. Luis Robert either has the best at bat I've ever seen in my life, or he looks like he would rather be 
Yeah. <laughs> making pieces of dominoes or some shit. They, like, they say you only get one mistake per at bat, and if you wasted the if you wasted the mistake early, that that ball away soft is a very difficult pitch for especially these bigger guys to hit. That's a really with the three outcome swing, especially. But that that's just a hard pitch to hit for big tall guys. And, so that's why Eli Eli on that one today was bad. And I like when he yeah. asked the umpire, "Was that a strike?" Yeah. Had no, no, it wasn't. Where he was up three to one, three one in the count. And it's an outside fastball, borderline pitch. And you can tell it's not his pitch. And he swung at it and ended up popping out. I think you got to understand, even with three with three one count, you can take a strike there. I guess Absolutely. Take a, and he has so many at-bats like that. And he's still hitting for a high average. But I think he'd have a lot more hits if he just took a couple more pitches. He swings at all these borderline ones and gets himself into trouble a lot. The other thing that blows my mind, like, I just don't get it. I, I'm glad they don't do this, but I don't. How are you an opposing pitcher and you don't throw three sliders to Luis Robert right off the bat? Because <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like he'll randomly have those at bats where he just spits well, on and, him. And, and he'll spit and he'll pop it to right center or some shit. And yeah. Just make his base that, hit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, so this is, I mean, I, I it's, it. it's frustrating because we see the talent. We see the, like the dude who hits the 450 foot home runs, the guy who lines doubles into the right center field gap who can get on first base, steal second and third, and then score on, like, a ground ball. But then, yeah, yeah there are too many where he's just overly aggressive or or overly, overly aggressive and then weak swinging. Yeah. It's like a and weak swing. Like, I'd doing? like to throw this out there as we're just riffing. Luis Robert was in, like, a mini slump. He kind of broke out of that a little bit lately. But people were putting on Twitter, like, and I, again, I know it's Twitter. I'm not, my expectations were low, but holy fuck. Like people were putting like, oh, this guy sucks. He's not what we thought he was going to be. Like, oh, I, but, uh, he's still batting 289, 321, 425 with the 745 OPS. Like he's a positive war player. That's not like elite numbers. Right. What we think he's going to be. It definitely does. He had a pretty shitty defensive game on Tuesday though. There was two balls yeah. he got to. It, that's gonna happen. So. But I don't know if that is that just because of his like his injury, where he's also kind of not going hundred. He could be, and then he had that communication error with Gavin Sheets, but he probably looked over and was like, "Well, why the fuck is the first baseman running at me?" And <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, "What the hell?" But if this guy slumps and still hits three hundred, sign me up for that guy. Mm-hmm. Sign me up for that guy. Yeah, because him. he still has the elite skill of you know getting to balls that are off the plate. And, and as long as strong he's on, enough, yeah, he's, he's the type of player. If he's on base, he fucks up everything. He's a fuck that's up the thing guy. though. The the three twenty one on base. On base. The three twenty one on base. That's uh. I want that getting, getting to borderline. Yeah, we need that up because he doesn't walk. Dude. <laughs> he's literally had two hundred seventy three at bats. He's walked ten times. Oof. Ten times. Yeah. No, and especially this year, I know he had the, he had the big home run uh, that tied it one of the times. On he, he didn't even look like he. That was it. Looked like a practice swing against the Twins, and but just... like, and I, and I know he missed sometimes, but like he hasn't he hasn't hit a lot of home runs either. No, he only has uh, nine. Yeah, forty-two RBIs, which he's actually the league or the team leader in RBIs at forty-two, and he's actually going to pass his career high, but that's because of injuries and shit. But. Right. Um, so 42 RBS is nice, but and not for nothing, but the team leader in batting average right now is Vaughn at 298. And Mitch, you oh. said it perfectly in the chat when Vaughn hit his game tying home run. He has just been just Babip snake bitten. Yeah. For I mean, he's hitting hosel rockets left yeah, and right just, all like, over he hits the drives everywhere. Yep. But, he's been getting really good at bats. He's seeing the ball well. It's just Yeah. Yeah, he's got yeah, like you said, nothing to show for it. 
And they're not on the West Coast anymore, so thank God. <laughs> right. And but it was so nice to see him. He almost looked like he like put the back shoulder down a little bit and there was a little bit more upswing on that home run swing. Like it almost got to the point where it's like the like fuck Frank match, you know. I'm just fucking I'm tying this bitch. And you know what I mean? And it could have been frustration too, because if a guy like Andrew Vaughn, who he's a gamer, dude. Andrew Vaughn eats, sleeps, shits, baseball. You could just see it all over his face. The guy's just a gamer. And you got to know how frustrated we were with that. Multiply it by a thousand. And that's where he was. Because they showed him. He'd go in the dugout. He'd hit a 103-mile-an-hour exit velo, but it would hit the right fielder, like, in the face, and he would catch it. And he would go to the dugout, and they would just show him on a camera, and he's fucking hot. Like, no one's talking to him. He would sit there and fucking slam shit. Like, he was hot. So, you know what I love about him, though? And this is what makes him the mature bat that we talked about before he was even drafted is he knows that that's not fool's gold. Like you get some of these dudes will go, hey, I'm going to pat myself on the shoulder because I hit a number, a, a, a number to the third baseman. And I happen to beat it out on, you know, on a bang, bang play at first. And they're going to jerk themselves off for it. Whereas Andrew Vaughn is more upset God. when he hits a ball weekly than when he, you know, and gets a hit. Then if he hits a ball like this, like today or, you know, whenever, and, and it's, it's a punch out, like he knows he he's mature enough already to know, look, that's not going to fall very few times. That's going to fall. Most of the time I hit that ball hard. Good things are going to happen when you're hitting them. He knows the score of what's going on. Hitting the ball hard on a routine basis is far more profitable in the long run than hitting little dribblers and just getting, you know, um, dark gold, gold. Kind of like right on the nose. Ronald Acuna Jr. just hit a ball 106 miles an hour, and it was a 386-foot flyout. Yep. It's I mean, just the classic, it's the, you know, the cliche, it's the process over the results. And yeah, that's yeah. Okay. You got to stick with it because eventually over time, it's going to work. If you keep hitting the ball hard, it's mm-hmm. going to work out for you. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. And that's what makes, I, just, I love that Vaughn, he really grasps that at, at really his age. Did. He I grasps mean, he, he is a prime example of that for sure. But that's really all I got for fixing the team is you just got to fire all those coaches. I got step three. What's step three? And please, you got to fire the entire training staff and hire the Phoenix Suns training staff. Fair. I'm in 100% in. That's, I mean, honestly, that should probably be move number one. That actually should be. I've never <laughs> seen so many soft tissue injuries in my entire life. I think the White Sox got to write it out, though, too. That's why the, the Abreu stupid, the, the Abreu. Trade rumors are shit. You just write out you you don't fire you can't fire Larusa midseason. It ain't gonna fix anything what's going on right now. You can't trade Bray. You you really do have to just <laughs> I'm not gonna say enjoy the ride, but you really do have to buckle in because it, it other than any kind of like trade deadline moves to improve this team, they're not gonna go any this you're just gonna have to ride out the second half of the season as as Sox fans and, and really you can't control anything. So, you know. Fingers crossed that they start figuring out they get hot and they play well against the really weak second half schedule. And you guys have something to, to be excited about eventually. But you know what? It is their job to win you back. Is and to get breaking your, news. Are we breaking this on this podcast? Durant is, is, this, is, this, is Kevin Durant a son? Joel, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to go put my next mortgage payment on KD being on the Suns. And if he's not, you got to bend my money back. I'm going to tell you guys, ever since I moved to Arizona, Arizona sports. Well, the Suns have the been Suns. moving on. Basically, the, basically the Suns. I was going to say, Just you watch Diamondbacks baseball? or, <laughs> um, But yeah, I'm with you on the train staff. I've never seen so many soft tissue injuries in my life. Uh, didn't one of the trainers, like kids, start like 
DMing people on Twitter that were talking shit. I have not seen that, but oh, I would have oh, seen yeah, that. Yeah, he hit yeah. up like uh, uh, 99%. No, Joel, I need 100%, bro. My mortgage payment is in, bro. I'll give you the Venmo. It's done, bud. I mean, I just I just searched Kevin Durant on Twitter, and there's there's nothing about him going to the Suns. Yep. I'm going to go tweet out. it. I was in Toronto. I'm just going to tweet it just for no reason. Katie, a son. Oh, you have to, you have to do He's stores. somebody's son. Uh, but yeah, no, the, the trading staff are just, I have no clue what goes on with the Whites. I mean, I know never seen it before injuries are rampant around the league, but man. Never seen it. Never seen this many soft tissue injuries. Uh, uh, I was going to say, what, I know, obviously it's crappy. I mean, you did win, uh, White Sox did win the Wednesday game. Great comeback win. Coming what back a great five game. Just top to bottom, what a great game. Side note, they're 6-1 and one when Lance Lynn pitches. Really? Because he hasn't yep. been that good either. Um, boys, the boys play for the big dog. They get up yeah, for the yeah. big dog. Like, they hey, get up for gonna, the big dog, dude. He's gonna chew their ass out. He'll he'll be the guy. If he yeah. needs to be the guy, he needs to be the guy. And um, also, I, I joke okay. about it on Twitter, but the offer still stands. White Sox, give me one Red Bull and vodka and four Bush Lights. I will give this team the best pregame speech of their fucking careers, and we will go on a twenty-game win streak. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say. I mean, the good thing is, I mean, so your Sox are six and a half games back of the Twins, but the saving grace from this year is that you saw the Minnesota twins pitching is awful, especially their, their bullpen is atrocious. Yeah. Uh, so you have, uh, you have that going for you. Saturday. You're never really going to be out of it because yeah, the twins guys, love to blow. I, yeah. Yeah. I totally and agree. also we got this today. Cause this was legendary. So we got to do it. This is also very good for our oh, podcast listeners. Are the, the podcast listeners? Yes. And then he does the fucking what a move. I'm gonna teach baby Zoe this move. You'll be seeing this on Little Leagues in the South Side coming soon. That is just a standard crotch grab to throw the jizz. I love every second of it, dude. Look at the mechanics on this. Out of the ball cup into a high jizz toss. Absolutely love this. Absolutely love this. Can't wait to teach right. babies all that. Yeah, the, the problem is he he got it all over Luis Robert's shirt. Oh no! I mean, I'm like, no, it was like a straight up in the air. It was kind of like a Kobe, like a no look over his shoulder. I think he hit the Twins player in the head with it. Blinded him. It was like I feel a like no had look. It was the whole time, so it was just like. No, it was like a no look jizz toss to the walking away bag. It was at the apex that yeah that, that really, okay. he held it to poof. Oh, okay. what a, I love that man. I'm not See, even afraid last... to admit it. I'm a dude, and I'm in love with a dude, and his name's Lance Lynn. <laughs> I love that dude. He's awesome, man. And yes, I love watching. I mean, there's that video that he immediately squashed after the game of him and Joe McEwen going at it. I guarantee they weren't talking about no fillets and ribeyes. But Lance, <laughs> Lance doesn't give a shit, man. Lance is gonna get into it with someone. I mean, Lance Liz is a very, very much of the John Lackey vibes when John Lackey ended his career with the Cubs, you know, he didn't yeah, but Lance he is come good. here for a haircut. He's the yeah. hard ass. He's just but, trying to win. But Lance is good. Um, John Lackey had a much better record than Lance Lynn this year. With the I, Cubs? Yes. I thought he, he was terrible. Oh, was that just the way per Marty Berry, former writer of the New Journal here in Vegas. Marty now works at the Missoulian now. Uh, as a sports uh, editor, yes, the Missoulian. Um, just said one of our sports guys said it a couple days ago in reference to Kevin Durant to the Phoenix okay. Sun. Oh, so, Joel, you might be out of my mortgage payment. We'll see how it goes, bud. 
We'll see, boys. Jaw, you think I'm fucking there. around, man? Um, Dave Barissa, what's the origin of that move? Watch the movie, uh, the first Hangover. Then the little Asian dude, he does that yeah. so long, gay boys, and he does, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then also, he said he's a lot tougher than I would pay good i would actually take the mortgage payment that joel martinez is going to pay me when katie doesn't go to the suns and then pay mo- that money to watch john lester fight the big homie oh john Le- oh no i mean i was saying john john lackey um, john lackey uh, john, lackey. john lackey versus lance lynn padded gloves will go eight ounce gloves <laughs> It's got to be three rounds because Lance Lynn is not going three. I was going to say, I don't know if they're going to last one. So. No, Lance Lance is 100% going to sit there and duck and weave for a little bit, and he's going to throw his best punch. And if it lands, he wins. If it misses, it's ball game. He's got John one Lake in him. John Lackey's going to bite through his gloves. I... He's got one in him. Lackey <laughs> looks like a little mouse. I was going to say, uh, you mentioned how you know people are hyped up after the win on Wednesday. And again, great game, great comeback win. But uh, I think, Mitch, you said it after the Toronto series. Like, you're not going to get fooled again. Like, it, it's a four-game series against the Tigers. You should take care of them. But at this point, I don't they're, think you can go. so bad at You home. can't go they're into so the series being the like, yeah, three won, out of four. The Lions have won four in a row. Like, you got you got Baltimore a couple weeks ago, and Baltimore was running right, pretty yeah. hot. And now you're getting the T- – Tigers pitching isn't that good, though. Yeah, Tigers no. pitching. Tigers pitching's bad, dude. Tigers pitching's bad. It's not they Baltimore's not. pitching's definitely better. They um, won four in a row. Like they're they're. they're yeah. Can no. I can I take this completely off topic for a minute? Yes. Fitz, I just saw your retweet. In a letter obtained by the Athletic, the city of Chicago endorses a NASCAR race on yeah. a temporary street course. For a three-year stretch beginning in 2023, the deal is not finalized, but a tentative announcement is planned. Why did they use the picture of the White Sox stadium for the main picture? Anyways. That's awesome. I will I, watch NASCAR. I, I low-key kind, of, kind of a NASCAR fan. They've been talking about this for a while. They just did a race the, inside the Coliseum to begin the year, so they wanted to do another big event. So we still heard this news. <laughs> I tried, dude. I tried, like, up, down. I didn't know which way to go with it. I went I went up with it and tried to do the cover, and, yeah, it just didn't work. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm in for that. Mitch, show. do you like the road, the road uh, courses, though? No, that Road America this week sucked, but going along Michigan Avenue, I think that'd be kind of cool. Wait, like, we're getting, time, time, we're, getting time, we're getting F one here in Vegas. We're getting F one on the strip. Yeah, with F1 the sucks. F one's horrible. F one is garbage. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Whoa. I'm telling you, you're a NASCAR F1's guy. The original. It's, it's not good. It's not good race. Whoever, whoever you're, Mitch, you're a NASCAR guy. I am. Daniel Suarez is my driver. I think you know Ooh. a guy. Holy shit. Does, yeah. is that, that's not the Bush Light guy, right? No, 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 no. That's Kevin Harvick. He's a douche. Uh, Dan- <laughs> <laughs> As most Bush Light guys are. <laughs> this car is sick. I'm not going to lie. Like, he had a Bush Apple car this weekend. It, it was pretty sharp. But... I had no idea you were a NASCAR guy. Oh, yeah. Dude. Big NASCAR. How many races have you been to that? What's the, to the Chicago Speedway? I've been to a NASCAR. I've been to the Daytona 500. I didn't go inside because I got too hammered, but I've been to the Daytona 500. Three. You've been at it. Three. I've gone to three. I've been at it. I was, let's see, I've been to four now, I say. Four or five. Okay, okay. Three this year. I went to the one in the Coliseum. I went to the one in St. Louis and then Road America. Yeah, there's two drivers named Bush. They're from Vegas, baby. Yeah, isn't Kyle Bush? Isn't Kyle he? Uh, Bush, Kyle Bush, yeah, an asshole. It's great though. He's, yeah, an he's not the Bush Light driver. That feels like horrible branding mistakes. Yeah. Well, 
I agree. The guy's name is literally Kyle Bush. Like, what the fuck? He's been an Eminem's guy forever. Uh, yep. Eminem Bush don't got Eminem money. I guarantee <laughs> that. Hey, got no. Hey, got no Eminem money. Which, which is like, what driver do you hate? Huh? What driver do you hate? Or is yeah, this like, like what's, golf, the, what's, like, what's the guy you hate everybody. the most? Like, what's the guy that just grinds your gears? Oh, that's. <laughs> I would say. I did not so was that intentional? I, that. I know it was not. I, would, I just realized it right now. It was not intentional at all. Um, oh, that's tough. Probably Chase Elliott because oh, his hands are a bunch of mouth breathers. I can't stand. I more can't stand. Ooh, shots fired. Chase Elliott isn't he like a Jordan athlete or who am I thinking? Of? No, that's um, that's uh, he has Jordan has two because he owns a team with Denny Hamlin. So twenty three. Denny Hamlin. That's one. This guy does look like an asshole. And uh, Kurt Busch, our student okay. driver. This guy does look like an asshole. Chase <laughs> Elliott. Chase yeah. Elliott looks like the kid that reminds your teacher that he didn't collect the homework he assigned. Yeah. yeah. Like he's, he's that guy. How do you get into how do you get into NASCAR, Mitch? I'm curious. I'll be okay. So I wasn't a big NASCAR fan for a while, and then my friend took me to a race, and I was like, they oh, are I fun. Like it. Okay. And I was a little At bit. least the parking lot's fun. Yeah, and then actually, I was in Charlotte too to see the Charlotte uh, Knights play, and they have like the NASCAR Hall of Fame right across from our hotel. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'll check it out. I not gonna lie, kind of got hooked once you like understand okay. the, the strategy and everything. It so worked. as you two know, I don't think Mitch knows this. So I went to college in Central Florida, like in the swamp area, like not the cool parts of Florida, like the parts of Florida that people fly over and you hear banjos at night. And I bartended at the only bar in the the college town it was called uh ralph's uh liquor and package and i made the most money when nascar races were on liquor and package but see the thing is like they would always have like all the college people would go there and then all the like locals would go there and everyone got along really well for the most part i mean it was a bar but uh nascar races were good money dude and they would turn it on every flat screen and they would turn it all the way up and the fucking owner's son would come in and he would turn the treble all the way down and the bass on every tv up as loud as it can go and so it just the whole place was the whole time and it it was to the point though it would get me nauseous i would have to take uh what are those seasick pills what's it called uh uh Uh, now uh not benadryl that makes me might all might all might all no no not might all that's a period craps asshole uh <laughs> it starts with a d you would know so <laughs> yeah, i've I'm been married just, for a long time i'm just uh dramamine dramamine there you go dramamine so i would have to take dramamine to bartend because the base in these races and so that made me like hate nascar but these people got so into it and they dropped so much money at the bar and I, I mean, they used to call me Yankee because they said I talk fast <laughs> and all this other stuff. But like, I got convinced, like, yo, the Daytona 500 is a big deal. You know, we got a bus going from the bar to the race. You want to go? I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll ride. You know, whatever. All the regulars and everybody was going. I don't. I mean, that's got to be top five drunkest I've ever been. <laughs> I I was just I was smoked, dude. We we're taking beer funnels out of flamingos. There's like water balloons filled with booze. There's boobies all over the place. I mean, it was just it was silly packages. It well, was. Yeah. Did you know? Is because a lot of times you like the one I was at in Wisconsin this past weekend. You can bring your own cooler in, so you bring oh, it. Yeah, okay, it's it is nice. I will did you? Say- 
Now I didn't know this, so I think it, so. I, you guys knew this, like so. I one of the the Silverton Casino here is one of my fiance's clients, and they had a driver with the Las Vegas race in the fall. I did not know this because they got they let us. We got to go walk around, like even pre race and stuff. They had, they're starting to get set up too, like in the pit. I didn't know that they actually all of the uh, the the lugs are all glued on to the tires. So when they got those, yeah, so they just put them on. Yeah. I'm like, so I and then a lot I, of cars. I don't know if the rule was changing or something. They were saying, "Yeah, don't, don't get used to that. That's going away or whatever." And I'm like, "Oh, interesting." But it's that was same, not to get too technical. But they used to have like five lug nuts you have to unscrew, and now it's a single lug nut. But now it's causing all sort of problems because the jack doesn't. Sweat. There's a lot I've of say, Mitch. I've been saying that for fucking months now. No one listens to me. Um, also, <laughs> breaking news: Joey Gallo, and the White Sox tonight. <laughs> Joey Gallo. Big middle fingers to the rest of the New York. Just hit a 430 foot just piss missile. Nice. <laughs> good thing He's going to look so good in, a, in the Sox pinstripe. He's so perfect for the White Sox at the trade deadline. Like you, it's, it's, it's you know, no, not even, like he's going to sign as a free agent with you guys. No, they're going to trade for him because they're, they're that dumb. They'll trade for him. Speaking of trades for the White Sox, and this Let's is going go. back to how to Let's fix go. the White Get Sox. It up. We don't have a lot in the farm. Now, hear me out. You're going to think it's crazy. I wrote an article about this, too. You should check it out. They don't have a lot in the farm system. Good plug. I would argue uh, trading A.J. Pollock would not be a bad idea at this point. You did write about that. I did like your article about that. Everyone should go download the sportsmockery.com app and put on push notifications and read Mitch's article about this. I wouldn't hate it. I mean, he's been good, but, like, he's not, like, a – I wouldn't say, like, a pivotal piece. I mean, if they keep him, I'm not going to be mad either. But if they – Get, if they can get something for him, which I don't think they really can, but I think it was a good trade. Like when they acquired him, I, I like the move. It's just that his numbers are down across the board. Like his OPS plus heading into Monday was 82, which is down from his average of 114. And like the big reason they got him is because of his like defense. And his defense hasn't been that good either. But he has a track record. If you get rid of him, one, this offseason he's gonna be he's got a player option. He's probably going to decline it because it's $10 million. He'll get $5 million buyout from the White Sox if he declines it. So then if, even if he signs a $6, 7000000 million deal, he's going to be uh, on the plus half, which, which he probably will. So the White Sox you know, might as well get something for him, especially the way he's playing. And they have a long – as strange as it is to say with Eloy back, and mind you, two of the guys are first baseman, but there's kind of a log jam of outfielders right now if you want to get sure. that, bats in. And he's not hitting all that well. But he has good no. enough track record where a team might be like, hey, he's well. 242, 278, 359 with an OPS of 637 right now. Which is all on track for career lows. Right. The power and to answer Dave's question here, is Joey Gallo a legit right fielder? Gold glove winner, bud. Yeah. Got a hose out there, too. Arm perverts. But yeah, he uh, and a hell of a dancer too. Yeah, I mean he has a host too. He just he that, just had that's the worst idea. He just had probably one of the worst Junes in the history of baseball. But he obviously the Pirates cure things, and he just hit a fucking missile. Well, if I, I need that Mark Gray slump buster. When you look at AJ Pollock's track record, I'd be like, why not? You know, for a cheap cheap deal, I, I'd bring him in. And also. Fids, you've mentioned because Gallo's a Vegas boy. Mm-hmm. It could just be New York. It could just be New York. Yeah, it could absolutely be New York. I mean, he could be. It might not be a, an environment that's commiserate with just. I mean, some guys I, just don't like it there. He, he, I hate New York. 
he came from the, 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 the rich kid school. Sorry to say that. He came from the the the, the, the haves, not the have-nots. Well, I mean, that's not a big secret. I mean, and so I personally, they, I don't like the state of New York. Company I worked for, based out of New York, had to go there once a month. Absolutely fucking loathed it. Good people in New York. I know a lot of really good people in New York. Just not a city for me. He seems more cut out for like an LA, like a like a West Coast. I think he's more of a wet. He just needs to be on a West Coast team or just in a stadium that's completely. Oh, he's gonna go to the Angels. Oh, Joey Gallo. Yeah, I think that's where he would be best. Like Angels are just gonna load up. They're gonna be hitting forever and still gonna be seventy nine and eighty three every year. Dude, the Angels. (laughs) I don't understand how you. I saw that picture though. It's hilarious. Two generational talents. (laughs) Two guys that'll probably go down as like top. 15 baseball players. Shohei Otani is like going to win MVP again. Shohei Otani might be the best baseball player ever when he's done. Like all around player. (laughs) Mike Trout is going to be, is already like arguably the best center fielder of all time, which is a very tough position to be the best of all time at. He's a top 10 player of all time already. And you fucking suck year after year after year. Mike Trout has one playoff win. One. That's insane. He's only been to one. Playoff series, yeah. It's absolutely insane to me. Yeah. Absolutely. How as as frustrated as I am with like Rick Hahn and Jerry Reinsdorf and all those guys, but how how do the people that run the Angels still run the Angels? Like they how does horrible they... job marketing them too? Like you have oh two players in baseball, and like you would Mike Trout oh. walk like a random store, half half the population would right. It's 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 tough it's on the West little, Coast, man. It's a tough little on, on Trout too. A little on Trout too, because he is a not a me look at me guy. Um, he doesn't he doesn't put himself out there a ton. You know, he does he that's not his he's not a he's not a he's not he's not an entertainer kind of ball player. Like does that make sense? He's not someone that's gonna go out there and do a bunch of, you know, YouTube TikTok videos and like right. he'll do things, you know, that he's kinda of almost like mandated to do, but he's more he, he he's more of a just a baseball dog. Like all that other stuff is fluff for him. It it actually I, to I him think- it's a nuisance. He just wants to play ball. And you know, like, like you said. Mike Trout's life is like smashing baseballs and like caring about the Eagles and fantasy football. Like that's yep, tra- like tractors. Yeah. And he watches <laughs> yeah. NASCAR with Mitch. Like that's <laughs> all he wants to do. Like golf. He golfs a lot. Yeah. yeah he just he just doesn't give a shit. But his numbers speak for themselves. Even though he, I, basically he just decided like fuck it, I'm just not going to steal bases anymore. But other than that, he's still it it. It happened. I mean, you you want to talk about people freaking out over slumps? People were freaking oh, out. Yeah. He had like a that two, the one and a half week slump. Right. <laughs> he, was, he still had like a nine fifty OPS. <laughs> was, was like, oh, Mike Trout, he's slumping. That came against the White Sox when they hit the the walk off where they somebody hit a bomb and they just showed him in the outfield and he's telling the pitcher from center field he's like, "You're tipping your pitches, right, you yeah. stupid shit." I'm just like. <laughs> This guy absolutely hates the team he plays for. He hates playing on the Angels. I I remember a member of White Sox Twitter saying that Mookie Betts was far better than Mike Trout. Yeah, we don't talk about that. <laughs> I'm not giving them the pub for those stupid ass takes. Um, <laughs> Smoke room. Uh Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> but what a horribly ran organization. Like, how do you have two? I mean, I think they fired all-time their, players. They fired the GM three years ago. Billy Epler, I remember that was their GM. He got fired. But yeah, they just they have never. I mean, we talk about the Cubs not ever uh, developing pitching. The Angels, just no one. I just no don't pitching. get it. I don't get it either, Justin. I just I don't get it. I don't. I just, I just I don't, don't get it. 
I just I don't get it. And also, who's this kid that's a shortstop for the Pirates now? Uh, uh Neil like Cruz. Real, yeah, Neil Cruz. He's good. Homeboy just got a ball, hit to him, dove to his left to pick it up, dropped to a knee to get the ball. Or no, he dove belly to the ground. Getting up, he fell down. Still got up and threw the. The guy just has a cannon. No, no, he's cra- he made his <laughs> debut against the Cubs uh, last week, I think it was. Um, I mean, he threw like a uh, he threw a ball across the diamond like at ninety nine miles per hour. I think it was ridiculous. That guy's a freak. I almost want to here. I'm going to show you guys this play because this is just ridiculous. Again, good play for the listeners. All right, uh, so you have to do on. the play by play though. You have yeah, to really on. describe it. I'll get into it. I just almost died too, but. I'll uh, I'll get into this right now. I'm using different computers tonight, so this is all right. Um, It's not the other window that Glaber Glaber Torres is up. Cubs legend. Uh, Cubs legend hits ball 98 mile here. Belly dive gets up, falls down. I mean, that's sick, dude. Go back to that throw. That look at that arm slot. Unless it's just the choppiness of the the video, his arm slot is. Looked funky to me. Let's see where he's throwing from. There you go. So, like, yeah, look at that. Yeah, dude. He throws, it, he throws it from his right pocket. He's, he's, he's sidearming it. Yeah. That, I mean, that's not even, that doesn't even feel like a, most guys are come, they come around. Bro, look at this. It's like he goes he, to catch your ear. for the ball, gets up, falls on his face, gets, and then throws it from his right pocket. He goes here. Like, Usually it's here and you're you're coming oh, around like just, wow that's, that's just, just sick and the fact right, that he's like really six, he's six seven right yeah like, he's, he's like he's a monster he's like a ridiculously tall I can't wait for the Pirates to trade him to like the Rays in right. three years <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. hello okay. Alex gonna happen that's that's talent period yeah PNC Park is a cathedral that place is if yeah. you guys ever get a chance go out to PNC Park it's Absolutely gorgeous ballpark. Mm-hmm. It's what they the White Sox should have done by having their skyline as the backdrop to the outfield. But mm-hmm. that's a whole nother show. I can go off about that for a while. That's the, one of the best parts about being in Grant Park is that view. Right. Well, that's but, step five to fix the White Sox. Yeah. Pick up the stadium and just turn it. <laughs> twist uh, it. Yeah, just twist it. <laughs> So if you're just tuning in now, our steps to fix the White Sox is fire Frank Mancino, fire McEwen, demote Debo, fire the training staff, and hire the Phoenix Sun training staff. Yes. Have a talk with Tony Larusa. Have a really a lay it out. Heart. Really lay it out to Tony. <laughs> really just lay it out to Tony. And a B12 shot. Some of that new Gen X, Frank Thomas is always yeah. yep. right. yep. all fired up in the dugout. Yeah. Maybe he'll have an erection through five innings, but that's- <laughs> that might really go well with, with what Lance Lynn did today as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It'd be like the old man. With the <laughs> old man go make me some pancakes from, from, from yeah. road trip. Yeah. Walking around in tidy whities in the clubhouse. Make like, me some goddamn pancakes. Old boat chub. Uh, yeah. over. So that's, that's oh, our five steps to fixing the White Sox. By the way, what uh, what's the new rule this year for um, for tiebreakers in the division? Because I don't think they play the extra game anymore, do they? Oh, they don't. I don't know. I don't, I'm not aware I of this. I forget what – because weren't people making a big deal like early in the year? It's like, well, it's on based on run scored or something. Or, or is it just well, straight-up division record? Looks like we have a new one. We have to stop Jordan Miller. And for those of you who don't know who Jordan Miller is, he actually killed Tupac Shakur 
from watching games because the Sox are undefeated this season when games are not watched by Jordan. So that's number six. Here it is. Although it's head-to-head record, interdivision record, interdivision record, intra-division, and then inter-division. Okay. Last half of intra-league play and last half of intra-league games plus one. Um, so, and I think, yeah, they just keep adding after that. So, yeah, I mean, if none of the five methods break the tie, wait, other so methods, where does run, dif- run differential comes into play here? I don't think it, I don't think it does. I think people no, no. brought that up. Head, I don't think it does. It's head to head record. This is actually the actual, it's like a, a graphic I'm looking at from MLB.com. Yeah. It says head to head record is number one, intra division record, inter division record, last half of interleague, intra league play, and then last half of intra league games plus one and continuing until the tie is broken so like interleague play of the last half and then one one and the last half then two in the last half three in the last half. so it just keeps getting closer to the first game so yeah i mean yeah. the Sox needs to get going here against the twins because they're, they're not winning the head-to-head yeah they're one and five against the twins not winning that run differential mm. run differential is not you know i think i heard that and like because remember it was early in the year when people were freaking out about uh the unwritten rules and running up the score and whatever. And I think people were like, well, run scored matters now, but I, I don't think that was ever true. It's uh, this is, this is where it says per MLBPR, there'll be no longer game 163 to break ties. Ma- Major league baseball will instead use the following tiebreakers. And then again, that list that I just gave you run differential is not mentioned at all. Uh, but yeah, I think again, going back to the twins, those guys need to trade for all the pitching, all the pitching <laughs> because I, I know be the White Sox are one the... five. I think they've lost two times in extra innings against them. Um, I mean, again, though, they're just the offense. Yeah, is relentless with like the home runs, but I wouldn't be. Sox tiebreaker would come down to triple plays. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Twins give uh, the Cubs a call. I know I wrote about how they should trade for David Robertson and probably trade for all the good Cubs relievers because they need every single one of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't. Uh, I was actually. I was wondering. Actually, who the pitcher no. Was. Fuck that. Let them stay put with their bullpen <laughs> because. Yes, I don't give them any good yeah, ideas. They're, they're trash. Their closer, who's like demoted, he literally their closer the entire year until this past week, Emilio Pagan, and he was like pitching in the sixth inning. I think he's the one who gave up the home run to Robert. I mean, yeah, the, the second half regression. Twins lineup. It's really not. I like. Buxton's having a good year with the home runs and all, and so is Correa. But like the lineup is really not that remarkable. A lot of guys with low batting average, the bullpen stinks. The starting rotation is very underwhelming. Like it, it, there's no reason they should be up by this many games in the division. Like talent wise, on paper, it's not even close with the White Sox. Start looking at the Twins prospect list, list uh, Kevin. Let's see how then, let's see how the Cubs can help out the Twins. No, bad idea. <laughs> uh, I, I like I like uh, I like the suggestion in, in the comment section that says uh, from Ryan Torbett says take all three Cubs what relievers. All those just talking about and yeah. deli- yes, and then give us call. So Colin, David Robertson, Colin, Colin Chris Martin, Martin, and uh, Michael Givens all for solid Byron guys in, for Byron Buxton. Yeah, I'll take yeah, it. Done day. deal. Let's go. Everybody wins in that deal. Everybody <laughs> wins in that deal. Um, I do like that one reliever that the Twins had. That, uh, the kid that throws one hundred three. Yeah, but the thing with his 103 is it doesn't move yeah. at all. And these are professional hitters. I, I mean, mean, the White Sox got a couple hits off of him. Right. Jose, Jose was a little tardy. He gets a little tardy slip for when he faced him. But 
it was tough on Wednesday too because he came in right when the shadow was changing and it was a little yeah, tougher pitched, to pick up pitches. He pitched in the but, ninth, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I mean he's good, but now all the, and I I like their lefty. I forget his name, but he with the with the big curveball. Yeah, but you can't throw lefty. The White Sox are starting to hit lefties again. Uh, he he carved up the White Sox the times he, I saw him against the White Sox. That's ex- not exactly highlight real material these days, but like they did okay. Um, but yeah, man. The, I mean, the twin again. The twins just not scary. Not I, I really am not. Even after this three game series, like I'm, they don't they, scare me. They get to settle it themselves too. I love the fact that there are so many games left. With both the both the twins and the uh, whatever they're called now, gosh darn it, the Guardians, Guardians, um, the Stars Guard, even Stars Guardians. So the Galaxy, that's going to be that. That's the probably the best part about the second half of the schedule is there's it. It is a hundred percent in their own hands, and if they don't make it happen, a hundred percent of it is on themselves. They don't need to beg for help. They've got the job to do right in front of them. They can help themselves. You can't ask for a better setup, at least. You know, and who knows? You know, here's me being optimistic. Maybe the White Sox season will be just like today's game. A gut punch back and forth, give and take, give and take. And then finally, it's been, it's been an hour of nut punches so far. So far. It's been the gif of that dude doing the speed bag on that guy's ball sack for (laughs) the whole first (laughs) half of the season. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Mitch is going to start writing about NASCAR races pretty soon because his socks shit so bad. The Charlotte Knights had a NASCAR driven by Noel Brunson. They did. They did. Yeah. All right. I need you guys to take a topic and run with it because I'm in my basement and it's like 58 degrees down here. So I'm going to go grab a hoodie, but I will be right back. I just want to make clear that we were channeling our inner sting tonight, Beef Loaf. I'm glad you could join us. Wait, we're only at an hour 13. How the hell are you guys done? Yeah, what are you guys Somebody doing? didn't take their veil tracks. Now? Somebody didn't take their veil tracks. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it veil tracks for cold tour? I thought that, yeah. Aren't no. they for boners too? Kevin, you uh, would know. Uh, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> we did a quickie. That's not a... <laughs> Good for your wife, uh, Beef, a one-hour yeah. quickie. <laughs> Get right to nuggling. Right, I'll be right back. You guys <laughs> are talking so, like, amongst you brought up the idea to trade Pollock, which, I mean, I, I think the only problem I see with that is, like, you still do have the injury concerns with some of the outfielders, so you don't want to lose some of that depth. However, you could trade for another outfielder who's been really good and still is really good. What do you think about trading for Rafael Ortega? You probably have never heard of him. Can't yes. really blame you. So <laughs> <laughs> goes off for like five seconds. It all goes right back at it again. This no, if you look at the Rafael Ortega, hits no, right-handed. Oh, no, absolutely he's not. Just good. No. He's a switch. He's a switch. He can do Last month, he's in like three thirty. I mean, he's hot. I'm sure. It's really. I mean, he's really good. I mean, we wouldn't try to pull any. guys. Half and half mustard pickles. I think we'd still be getting ripped off in that deal. Ian Happ, Ian Happ is going to be traded apparently. Yeah. Or the, or the Cubs are at least looking to trade him. Grading out as the top second best left fielder in the National League, correct? Yeah. Ian Happ. Need a left fielder? I don't know about that guy that came back today. He just, you know, only. Well, you can just put Ian in right. I mean, you it's have true. a first baseman. It can't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's true. He's a good Find it out in right field, actually. All right, Kevin, this is our chance. What do you got on the Cubs? Uh, <laughs> 
Is he back yet? <laughs> well, the Cubs oh. just won their fourth straight series. Well, just very quickly, I was going to say, it's so st- I get so frustrated with the Cubs because, again, they just punted this year. They didn't try to actually field a solid all-around roster. <laughs> and we've seen it. The Brewers are like, uh, I think they're in second place uh, behind the Cardinals. Uh, the Cubs are 7-6 and six against them. All, most of the games have been very competitive. Cubs, mm-hmm. you can make the argument, could have swept them in Milwaukee this week. Uh, they have three of the top like 30 players in baseball right now. And Ian Happ, Nico Horner, and Wilson Contreras. They have pieces that are really good, not just like average. It's like, oh, Patrick Wisdom, yeah, he's been like solid. It's like, no, no, no. They have three legit, like all-star caliber players. And then Say Suzuki, who was out for a month, and he's come back with a vengeance. Yeah. Love to see that guy work at the Inside plate. the Parker the other night. Yes. Yeah. Oh, fan. That great call by uh uh by the play-by-play announcer. I forget her name. Um, but yeah, he's come back, he's looked amazing. Absolutely. I think he's I'm taking like, huh? I was gonna say, keep going because I mean, the Cubs have two of the top two potential or two of the top three, two of the top three, maybe. Well, that's the thing. They have three of the top 30 players, but they're looking to trade two of those. <laughs> well, <laughs> just, we two potential rookie of the year candidates. Uh, and then, yeah, and, then, and that's the thing. They, they have this opportunity where Christopher Morel comes up out of nowhere because the Cubs weren't expecting this from Christopher Morel, but look, he's coming up. He's playing at an unbelievable pace for rookies, at least. He hits the ball hard. He can run fast. He steals bases. He has a great arm. And at the end of like these couple of months, it's not really going to mean anything for like the team because they're going to be just slashing and selling everybody off. And like the the relievers I mentioned, they're going to trade all of those three guys. Yeah, they're going to trade David Robertson, Chris Martin, uh, Michael Gibbons. Uh, if a Kyle Hendricks just got injured, his he has a bum shoulder. He's not going to come back until at least after the All Star break. So whatever thoughts about you know people thinking that he was going to be traded, that's out. No one's going to want an injured pitcher, a, a guy who it doesn't throw that hard anyway, and he, who has struggled this year. Uh, Marcus Stroman, he's like not coming back for another couple, or probably until after the All Star break. Or no, that's not true. I think he made a rehab start on Monday or recently. Hmm. So he might be back soon, but he's been struggling. Drew Smiley, he's still trying to come back. So like, they're not going to trade their starting pitchers. I don't think maybe Drew Smiley, if he comes back and he can make like three starts. before the, yeah. 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 If he can. Oh, and then Wade Miley. I forgot yeah. about him. He's also been injured most of the year. Well, this is what um, you get when, when you spend the 15 or the, you're the 15th in the league in, in payroll. This is what you get. You get no depth. You can't have guys get hurt. It has to all work out perfectly as planned for it to be successful at all. That's what happens when you don't put the money into it. And when you're 15th in the league and spending and you're worth $4 billion, all you're doing is just pulling the wool over your fan eyes, your, your fan base's eyes and telling them they're stupid to try and sell them that this is going to work. And then on the pitching side, that's the other thing. On the pitching side, they have a, they have a few more really good pieces too. Mm-hmm. Justin Steele, who started the year a little shaky. He had a lot of... Uh, control issues early on command issues he's been fantastic since june and jude he made five starts he had like a 3.03 ra he just had a start against the brewers where he gave up one run in six and two thirds and honestly i get his previous start he deserved a lot better i think he left and a couple runs came in uh that were inherited he's looked fantastic keegan thompson's looked fantastic i know he had like the two horrible starts Thompson have been 
really and then the guy who pitched today on Wednesday, Adrian Adrian Sampson going toe to toe with Corbin Burns. He went five and two thirds, gave up one run. You look at his outings, he's made four or five starts this year, and then going back to 2021 at the end of the year. He's been good too. Like all these guys are just being wasted because the overall product just isn't good enough to actually compete when the division is right there. Oh, so that's the it's not. It's such a bad. Div- like it really is. I I I think the National League Central is the worst division of baseball. I really I really. I, it's hard for me not to think that it is. Uh, is isn't? But th- this division, if the Cubs put together a mediocre team, just a mediocre team, a 500 team, where are they at right now in the standings? They're actually playing for something. Just if they were, it's just hovering around 500. They're unfortunately on pace to lose 97 games. Uh, so as of today, at least that, that, that was the pace they haven't sold yet. Awesome. So that should theoretically get worse. And the most losses in a season for the Cubs ever is 103 in a year where the division to even a mediocre team would have been at least some sort of excitement. And, and in the in season the where they were going to, they were going to be competitive. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and that's, that was the other that was, that was the other hilarious part that came out after the uh, after the Boston series at Wrigley, uh, where Bogarts talked about it, and then this week with Minnesota coming into Chicago with Correa talking about it. And what oh. have you been hearing for the past year ever since the trade deadline? Oh, the Cubs aren't in a rebuild; they're not rebuilding. And then Carlos Correa just straight up says, "Yeah, they were interested, but guys, I've been on winning teams my entire career." I wasn't interested in the direction they were going, and which was a rebuild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said the quiet part really loud. <laughs> Korea has said rebuild more than Jed Hoyer has so far oh my <laughs> in God. this whole thing. Um, it's just like, yeah, was- the cut, yeah, they were interested, but I was like, uh, they're rebuilding. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. So here's the problem too now with this, and that now that that little that little cat's out of the bag, and you you have to look at the situation for the Cubs. There is no way the Cubs can theoretically make a run at someone like Carlos Correa if they believe that the way that they do, without making a bunch of moves quickly, yeah. uh, in the beginning of the offseason and making splashes because that dude's not you know he, sooner or later the, the suitor will sweep them off their feet and they're not looking at you at all like at all until you have something to present. And the Cubs have nothing to present right now. The Cubs look like a, a franchise that's out of it till 2024. Which which players are you going to sell for that? You're not going to sell someone that wants to compete. The guys that want to compete, in which which is going to be a locker room thing too. You're not going to be bringing in dogs that are ready to fight. You're bringing in someone that's willing to go come play for a team. Maybe you'd say they're patient. Nah, I can maybe wait till 24. You know, but you're really getting someone that's fine with playing mediocre baseball over the course of time and doesn't ever have that intensity to to compete right now. So that being I mean, said. If the Cubs are like, all right, fine, fuck it. Here's 300 million. I don't think Carlos Correa is going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> if they give so him the Cubs a good one. Yeah. So the Cubs, because like Manny Machado, like when Manny Machado signed with the Padres, the Padres were still bad. Or like they were like, they were still below 500 team in yeah. 2019. They mm-hmm. were a bad team. So he waited it out. And like, you know, the Padres have had their ups and downs. And I'd like to address this question. Division. Who on the Giants sell off? Would be a value to the White Sox. I don't know. Maybe they're a rookie right field. Oh, that's right. The White Sox just let him go for nothing. You're a mean Mercedes. Yeah. I heard they had a good left-handed starter. Yeah. No, really they're not, not trading Jock. Jock, they love Jock. They're uh-huh. not trading Jock. What's the thing, too, with the... Uh, he has been bad lately, though, hasn't he? He's, he's regressed back to the I mean. I was Dallas Keuchel. <laughs> Keiko's on the Diamondbacks. Oh, that's right. Oh, he's on the Diamondbacks. Sorry, that's right. Yeah. 
I mean, why wouldn't why wouldn't they trade Jock if if they're selling off? Isn't he signed no. only to a one year deal? Yeah, he's batting third for them tonight. That's the thing, man. The the that, it's bad time. Remember when the Dodgers time. were the Dodgers were like, oh, they're 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 blowing it. They just in two weeks they went from a half game lead to five and a half. The Joey Gallo just had another from, home run. The Giants Jeez. went from like. Five games back to thirteen games back. Yeah, Joey Gallo just said, "Wait, is that another one or is that a new one?" The replay of the same one. Oh, by the way, so immediately after you went to go get your sweater, yeah, your hoodie. I mean, I brought up your favorite guy, your favorite left-handed hitting outfielder that crushes righties. What are you going to give up for Rafael Ortega? <laughs> no. The, the White Sox aren't going to make a deal with the Cubs. The only Cub player that I'd want Nick even Madrigal. remotely would be Ian Happ. Colson I think Contreras, too. Well, yeah, I don't I, I don't think they got the horses for that. Is my grand dog coming back, right, after the All-Star break? Yeah, he'll be back soon. Yeah, supposedly. And, I mean, to that point, Aloy comes back on Wednesday from his extended rehab stint. That was, like, the longest rehab stint I, of recent memory. <laughs> It felt like he was in Charlotte for like two months playing. Um, I think he seventeen games down there. I was. It was. I, it just. It's. It just felt. I like think he was, was down there since May twenty eighth or something. Yeah. Um, but he came back, and you know, Fidge, you said it before he came back, and you know, I've talked a lot about trading him, and I still think he and Mancada might be available, but Aloy brings something to that clubhouse, man. I mean, he walks around with that big-ass smile, that big ball of energy that I was alluding to earlier when we were talking about the talk with Tony. And, like, it's just – it's like a different vibe, a different energy with him. And then for him to come up his first game up and hit a big home run, a big big single to get another RBI, I mean – and some defense in left field. That's a nice little bit, A little bit of defense. He flashed the leather a little bit. I mean, I think we all – collectively held our breath there um but for a while get used to it for a while until yeah. he finally settles in and i was laughing at that one fly ball in the left center gap and luis robert, robert clearly robert. beat him to the ball but robert let him uh catch it like in the first and inning he, right and no it was later in the game oh, okay. and uh Malloy looked at him when robert was running back to center he said something and they stopped and they like shook hands like he was just <laughs> like thank you for letting me catch that one and like it was pretty funny um, but yeah, supposedly Yasmani Grandal started his rehab stint. It's either tonight or tomorrow. And uh, I mean, speaking of catchers, shout out to Sebi Zavala. That, I, I mean, that's yeah. my dog, dude. That's my dog. I love Sebi Zavala. I think he was pretty much written off after his last time that he was up because he he's not brutal. He's not great, but he's always just going to be that dude. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like he, I mean, he's gotten some hits. Well, and, and, and he came up as a hitting catch like the reason they called him up last year is because he's hitting well in triple a and you know from what we saw last year it was more for his defense that he'd stayed up plus the injuries too but now he's starting to you know he's starting to figure it out at the plate he's hitting the ball hard he's making good at bats i've been i've been impressed i i would argue he might have a chance to stay up once uh grandal returns we'll see how it goes but he's been hitting well he's been a good defensive catcher for him too and you, you gotta be happy with the guy that has the most runs created wrc plus um yep for the White Sox, Josh Harrison uh, in the month of June. 
he had a good June. He did have a good June. He and there's no denying that. I mean, I'm still meh on him. Come on, so he didn't. He hasn't went over. He he's the energy guy too. Yeah. Um, but one thing with Sebi though, after Lucas Giolito had that uh, really good start in San Francisco, which he needed like bad. Um, the first thing that he said about it, he goes, a lot of the credit goes to Sebi's game calling. And oh, I was wow. like, oh, okay, word. You know, like. Wow, shots fired at Guzman Grandola. Something. Well, Grandola hasn't been catching him. Lance Lynn said something okay. similar last year. Seb made his first start in Minnesota, I believe, after Grandal went down. And he's like, for a guy I've never worked with before, he didn't miss a beat. He called a really good game. I felt really comfortable throwing to him. So, like, there's something to be said there. Pitchers are comfortable throwing to him, and he, he calls a good game. Some of his pitch framing today, too, was excellent. He stole a couple strikes. Just yeah. the ability to frame the ball. I mean, obviously, when Grandal it's Grandal's spot. He's not going to get Wally pipped right. on this. But, I mean, it's – yeah, and, yes – I'm openly admit Josh Harrison had a one hell of a w, a one hell of a June. I mean, the, Accept the numbers. Accept him to your heart, though. I've said since they made the signing that he's a great locker room guy and a great guy to have on the team. He just, it, it just, I don't know why, because the whole team doesn't. But the the way he does not take walks drives me insane. <laughs> Like he'll have like a three one count and the pitch will be in the next county and he does like this half ass swing at it just to like not take the walk. No bit, yeah. Yeah, it just it drives me insane. But again, no one on this team takes walks except for Abreu. So yeah, I don't know. It's just yeah. Yeah, Reese is gone. I think Reese is gone. No. Yeah. Reese I has think... still been solid too. Yeah. Ooh. Reese might be, yeah. The, the only reason I can see them keeping Reese over Sebi is being left-handed. Yeah, I think Sebi still has. And he's off. saying yeah. since April 30th, Josh Harrison has been more than just one month good. He's go. I feel June. like his I feel like his June is May and June. I feel like his June up that total a lot. Like it was one of those things where, like, when you're batting zero and then you finally get a hit and it jumps up to, like, 210 or something like that. It's, like, one of those. Ooh. Maybe it's just how I'm perceiving it. Very well could be. Well, no, it's because it it was brutal. <laughs> he, he, was, bats. he had really bad at bats, but sneaky, his numbers still kept consistent. Even just because just it looked miserable at, you know, the outlook miserable. There was production in between those miserable because against Cubs he looked like he was he might as well go there with a toothbrush. Some of those swings he was you taking. You are kind of right, though. But about his June, it was his yeah. June. It was his, June, his June pumped. That's that. That here here is his slash line in May. Yeah, he slashed one ninety four, two eighty six, two seventy four. That's and how good. June, yeah, that's I mean, how good was June, June was. <laughs> and that's one thing that I've always said about stats in general, whether it be any sport. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're arguing with the right person, they can twist any stat or manipulate any, you know, like I'm not saying Alex is doing that here, but I'm just saying, saying since 430, Josh has done this and this and that, but it, no, it's his June that carried it. Like he was shitty in May. He batted under 200 in May. He was shitty in May. And it's just, yeah, stats can be manipulated for any argument to make any angle. You know, it's just, that's how I feel about Patrick Wisdom, to be honest. Until recently, to be to be honest, recently he's been actually producing in clutch situations uh, more frequently. But his numbers, really up until this point, have been 
really, 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 really long stretches of bad with like massive production over like a two game span and then disappearing for five games or, you know, and then coming back and having two massive games. So, but now he's starting to fix that. But those numbers, you would say all-star his last 162 games, look at his numbers, but you know, the consistency, if you, you know, if you look at, you know, he shows, you know, it felt like he was showing up 25% of the time. So if you have a guy producing 24, 25% of the time, that one game, no matter how many hits he gets is only going to matter for that one singular individual game. And so, but those numbers transcend when stretched, they make everything look like he's tearing it's, it up the whole time. It's pretty crazy. The Patrick wisdom, I think today there is, or on Wednesday, Fangraphs wrote an article on just consistency, like consistent hitters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no, because Kevin, I'm like, I'm kind of on your side too about disappearing and then has the big games. Somehow, Patrick wisdom has been one of the most consistent hitters, just like at the level of being solid. Has been what? one of the top five he goes, most. He goes consistent. for. He has stretches. He's had like almost no. like a dozen stretches where he goes oh for oh for nineteen he, or one for nineteen. So What's far this name? year, Patrick Wisdom's WRC plus has only been below one hundred for two weeks. Luke, Luke, Luke Stockheimer, Luke Stockheimer, the homie at CHGO. Yes. He uh mm-hmm. he he keeps wanting uh to trade the White Sox Wisdom and uh, Hap for Yoan Mankata. Nah, you guys don't want. Ha- you guys don't need another with guy. <laughs> I'm just like that trade. Like I said, I wouldn't mind an Ian Happ on this team. It's just that trade doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. You need to send me that link, by the way, Aldo. I want to read that now. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I remember the full article. Like the, I think that was the... by consistency. Like what is consistent? Consistency. It's just is like I think they based it on how how they kept their their WRC like their runs created plus. But you can pad that individual game up so that even over the course of two, three games that it can drop a little bit over those games. But when you beef it up and just like if you like because he has three for four games and he hits like two doubles and a homer. Right, right. But I think it it goes over like every single player. I I, I mean, I have to I haven't read the full article. I just read the little blurb. Interesting. uh, I'm curious. Uh, uh, I mean, Patrick, he plays solid defense at third base. He hits home runs. That's where you're getting his whip. His strikeout rate has gone down 10 percent in the past. He's taking walks. He's been taking a walk. walks, so yep. I mean, that's why He's I think I'm healthy. I, I, <laughs> I will kind of left the game on, dude. He got hurt again. Was, I forgot about he got hurt. I, was, I mean, that was tough luck, man. That was awful. Foul but ball. he's just a lightning rod, man. <laughs> like, it's just like wrap the dude in bubble wrap already, dude. I saw the play because I think it was right after one of the home runs that tied it. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. And I and I saw I saw a tweet. I was, somebody tweeted, Why did you on screen like he got shot in the chest? <laughs> I mean, and I looked at the play, and I was like, "Oh man, right off the toe, it sucks." But like, yeah, and the on. X-rays came back negative. Everything was fine, but he just—I mean, whatever. They won the game. That's all that matters. But like, I just remember, great, I remember that, was a, that was a great one today. I just—I got that was fun. It was a great baseball game. It was a great baseball, baseball game. game on my phone. <laughs> there was a lot of all shits and hell yes. You know what I mean? It was. I mean, yeah. tied the game, or yeah, tied the game Good five up. separate times. Yeah, down three one, homer to tie it. Down what five three? Homer. Yeah. Tie it. Down six five, a single, I think scored it right. Yeah, and then then they gave up two more runs and made it. It was what uh eight, eight to six. eight it, six and, and then, then Vaughn tied it. Vaughn ties it and then yep. It's July, but like that felt like a must win game because oh, he yeah. get swept by the twins at home and fall down six and a half games. Back there able to keep it within five and a half. That was 
that was as close to a must-win game in July as you, you can get. So, especially the type of game because imagine coming back all those times, but then still not being able yeah. to like once it was eight to six. I'm like, oh my god, this Matt is brutal. Foster, yeah, exactly. Matt Foster giving that home run. It's like, oh boy, here we go yep. again. That Andrew Ball, that was huge at bat. Biggest at bat of the season, I think, at this point. Flip that to Vecna and the upside down for the Twins. How deflating of a loss is that on the opposite side of that? Yeah. I mean, for the Twins, watch what the Twins do for the next. Like, in the, are the, do, will the Twins bounce back after something like that? What will happen? Sox see them next week, don't they? No. Well, Sox get Detroit now. Who, who do they face next? Like, who's, who's Minnesota there? got next? Let's see here. I'm pulling yeah. it up. The Twins can't be too upset, though, because they took two or three. And the, the oh, one they go to Texas. was because oh, of yeah. five simple play that they kind of – they got let off the hook there. So, you know, if you're the Twins, it is a deflating loss, but it's not – I, I yeah. think you'll feel the twins, yourself. The Twins go to Texas for three. They get Milwaukee at home for two, and then they get the White Sox at home for a four-game series before the break. Yeah. That's, a, that's a tough little back end of that little stretch because, I mean, hopefully Milwaukee – We'll be playing better baseball than they did with the Cubs. And yeah. the- so they, they actually, the Twins get Thursday off and then, oh, they get a Monday off in there. And that's their only off days. Yeah. White Sox, though, Dylan Cease on the mound tomorrow, 10 and 0 against the Tigers. Giolito trying to build off that start. So we'll think. Yeah. I mean, I said the Baltimore of a series was one that they should be able to say, and we saw how that worked out. Yeah. But uh, cautiously optimistic. We, at the very least, by the end of next week, we, we should have caught the uh, Indians. Or, Absol- absolutely love Giolito, or love Cease versus the Tigers. Dylan Are you Cease pounding versus- like the strikeouts over? Absolutely. I've bet uh, Cease over K's every game he's pitched this year so far. I think it's missed four times. Easy money. Yeah. I mean, the so, wins, yeah, 10-0. Yeah, but it, he just, he, he mows them now. Yeah. Um, you guys got anything else? I think hour and a half, hour forty minutes I, is good. One, I know last thing I had, and it's actually fitting because we started with don't trade Jose Abreu. I think a lot of Sox fans take Jose Abreu for granted. This guy, you know, they oh, just 100%. have they, they they took they just had Paul Canerco like Captain America Day, and you associate Paul Canerico was like the captain. That's what he was. Mm-hmm. So Jose Abreu is taking that role, and I would argue it's almost like more so. The game last night. Where they're getting their ass handed to him. It's after a rain delay. Everyone left. No one cared. He, he, there's a foul ball hit, and he busts his ass down the line, makes an over-the-hand catch. That, that just shows the type of heart this guy has. He plays hurt all the time. He constantly produces year in and year out. You never have to worry about him. He's on a lot of game hit streak. His last seven games, he's hitting 464 uh, with a uh, 643 uh, uh, slashing, excuse me. 464, 500, 643. He's just, he's been a stud all year. I don't think enough people give him enough credit. And even defensively, I get he has shortcomings, but he's improved that every year too. Uh, the heart this guy shows, and we he doesn't get enough credit for the Sox. Like this guy is one of the few people holding this team together. And one of the guys set an example out there. He's getting, like we talk about guys lack of hustle. You never have to worry about that with Jose Abreu. So I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, you're a Sox fan. There's a lot to complain about, but take a minute and appreciate what you got mm-hmm. there. Because- and to Alex's point in the comments, the Orioles are good, dude. The Orioles are riding a wave right now. I mean, they are a solid baseball team. Um, Not to the, jinx it, but so we 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 said pre or right before the season started, take the Orioles over. We did, we did. I did not, but we did say that. We did say that. So, uh, Fids, although anything you want to leave on? Eleven days till the MLB draft. Pretty stoked. Start paying attention to those yeah. prospects and see we'll, where you. Uh, 
I'll grab one of the farm guys before the draft, or Fids will get your guy. We'll see who the White Sox are. Yeah, yeah, get future Sox. Uh, we'll get somebody on. Yeah, we'll get somebody on here. Um, the last thing I want to say, I didn't want to say it at the beginning of the show because I didn't want to kill the vibe of the whole show, but um, I did throw 25 bucks on Aloy Menace at a home run in his return game. Obviously, that hit. I then took that winning money and in the name of the Pinwheels and Ivy show, donated it to the Highland Park uh, charities. So uh, we don't need to tweet about it. We don't need to talk about it anymore. But, you know, it's something that's really fucked up. And, uh, you know, a little can go a long way. So if you have the means, uh, I encourage everybody listening to this to um, throw a little scratch that way. So that happened today. But uh, that's why I didn't want to do it at the beginning of the show because now we're all everyone's all serious face because it was a fucked up situation. But uh, for NASCAR Mitch, that is your new nickname, uh, the Reverend K Fids and Aldo, I'm Zo. We will uh, talk to you guys next week. Take care of each other and uh, go White Sox and Cubs for that matter. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantes or the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season. Get our chains, 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 get our chains